0: Hello friends, it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and I'm so glad... That you have joined us today If you're part of our listening family We treasure you We're so glad that you are uh, Tuning in once again If you're a brand new listener To this broadcast uh, We're glad that you have come today And if you've come to our website And downloaded this edition Of Let's Talk About Jesus From the Holy Church of God Incorporated right here in Tampa, Florida Where this broadcast originates We're glad you came We hope you enjoy uh, this brand Broadcast, But more importantly, we hope you employ it. We hope you put it into practice in your life. If you are a Christian and if you're not a Christian, please be our special guest today. You know, we're living in what the Bible clearly delineates and declares to be the last of the last days and I, you won't find that term in the Bible you will find in the last days perilous times will come and they've been here now for a long long time you will find that that uh, in the last days this will occur in the last days that will occur and because it has been occurring is occurring and will continue to occur uh, we can make that statement uh, and not do an injustice to scripture that we are now living in the last of the last days. Surely, the coming of the Lord is very, very near. And I don't believe that comes as a shock or surprise to anyone. In fact, I believe God has put it into the hearts of everyone on this planet. There's a sense that all things are not going to continue as they were or as they are. Something big is about to happen globally, worldwide. And that something is the coming of Jesus Christ initially, initially, and then the ushering in of the tribulation period. And changes are coming to this old world. And our security, our safety, our stability is in knowing Jesus Christ as our savior and we want you to know him today we'd love to introduce you to him today amen before this broadcast is over and we know the holy spirit is where you are today and so we pray that that he will he will be very very uh, uh powerful in your consciousness today as we read and hear the word of god amen so just before we go to the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3 on the subject true devotion we just want to thank you once again for being part of the listening family here on WMAF and we want to remind you as we enter into these holy days preceding Easter the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ if you can't get out to a church service because you of whatever the the problem may be whether you 're sick and shut in or whether you don 't have transportation or or whether you just have one of these coals that are going around, whatever the reason uh, there are good. Quality Ministries right here on Sunday on WMAF Church services coming live uh, to you, and that you can participate in just by sitting down in your favorite chair and turning on the radio and enjoying uh, the the ministry of local ministers of uh, bringing God's word to those who will hear it and give heed to it. We're 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 excited about the. Propagation of the gospel, the preaching of the Gospel to the nations of the world, and to be part of that great company that is publishing it today. hallelujah so pray for this station that God will continue to sustain it to prosper it and and pray for these ministers and ministries that God will continue to sustain us and prosper us as well as we pray for you today amen well if you have your Bibles on the subject true devotion. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 3. Here's the, the wise words of instruction from the, the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth and therefore to us today. He said, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his sub, sub, subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And one translation says out of the NASB, I like this. It said, but I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, his subtlety, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's why we've titled this message, Pure Devotion, True Devotion. The devil will use distraction to hinder this kind of devotion. He will show you the glittering kingdoms of this world to distract us from the glory of the kingdom of God. He will use the lust of the eye to tempt us. He showed Jesus the kingdoms of this world to try to get him to move away from the devotion to His Father and the mission that He came to accomplish. I want to read that in this area of distraction, because this entire world system has been set up to distract us from the eternal. See, the, the temporal and the material of this world is distracting so many people from the spiritual and the eternal. And that's why Jesus was astonished when people would choose the temporal and the material over the spiritual and the eternal. And it astonished him. It took him back. And he said, What would a man give in exchange for his soul? What would he trade? What what in this entire world would be more important than where his soul spends eternity? Oh, friend of mine, Today, too many people and many Christians are distracted by all of the glittering things that attract us and distract us from the kingdom of God. And we begin to use our time, our talent, and our energies to just go after the things of the world. I'm not talking about living in a decent home and driving a decent car. I'm talking about spending a lifetime reaching for that That we can never hang on to. Instead of grabbing hold of that. That we can never lose. Someone said he's an old fool. That gives up. What he can't keep. To gain what he can never lose. Loose <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's read how Satan uses uh, the things of our own flesh and of this temporal world to try to distract us and dissuade us from seeking and pursuing God wholeheartedly. In Matthew chapter 4, just one of the accounts, verses 1 through 10, it said, and Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, I want to stop right here. You know, the Bible said the reason that Jesus is such a great high priest and such a good shepherd and such an understanding master to you and to me as Christians is because he was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. But he knows the power. He knows the pull of temptation. He understands uh, not just what we do, but why we succumb to it. Because he has sensed it. He has went through it. He did not acquiesce to it. He did not bow to it. He did not give in to it. But he knows the pull of it. And the Bible said, having a high priest like Jesus who was tempted in all points as we are, let us therefore come boldly. When we're tempted, when we are distracted, when we are, are discouraged, when we have given in to temptation and we've failed and we need to get up, confess our sin and go forward. Let's don't run from Jesus in shame and, and in guilt. Let's run to Jesus. That's what it's saying. Hallelujah. Let us come boldly, courageously, and confidently before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of any need. Too many people run from God when they have a failure. But the the challenge today from the Word of God is to not run from Him, but to run to Him. And know that He's going to understand you and i he's going to he's going to have a compassion on us because he's been where we are he didn't give in he didn't acquiesce he didn't bow he didn't bend but he understands why we do and he's able to help us with a sufficient grace and an abundant mercy today praise god just know that he was tempted as we are therefore let us come boldly knowing that he will welcome us and he will help us oh i love jesus today because he understands me like no one understands me and he loves me like no one could possibly ever love me and friend he loves you too today praise god it said and then jesus was led of the spirit literally he couldn't go anywhere else but to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights he was afterward and hungered and when the tempter came to him he said if thou be the son of god command these stones be made bread But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It takes true devotion when you're starving almost to death and you have the power uh, to turn the stones to bread and eat your fill. And yet you set yourself to obey God instead of give in to what your own flesh is yearning for. Then the devil taketh him up to the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot upon a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again. You can see this this sword fight going on. Devil's using the word of God out of context to try to get Jesus once again to do despite what his father sent him to accomplish. And Jesus said it's written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil is determined. He's persistent. He taketh him up to an exceeding, high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world." and the glory of them. The lust of the flesh is already in manifestation here to turn the stones to bread, the pride of life. If they could just see Jesus descending from a pinnacle without being crushed, uh, flying through the air, floating through the air, they would surely bow down and worship Him and and appoint Him to be a leader, to overthrow Rome and, and all of the things that He did not come to accomplish. Oh, friend... But the devil was persistent, and now he's appealing to the lust of the eyes. And he took him to an exceeding high mountain. Bible scholars tell us that this was a high place. It wasn't a literal mountain. But he took him up far above the earth where he could show him all the kingdoms of this world and the glory of them, the glitter, the gold, the riches of them. And he said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. He lied to him. He can't give you all that he promises. He is not a god. He is a fallen angel. But regardless of that lie, even if he had the power to do it, Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Jesus overcame the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These are the areas of temptation that all the myriads of sins that we uh, are, are, are led by our flesh and our foolishness and our folly to commit. These are the three doorways. And if these three doors slam shut, hallelujah, then the devil can't come through these doorways to pull us away. And it takes total devotion, true devotion, to slam these doors in his face. But make no mistake about it, these doors can and must be shut to the devil. We must. Learn how to take the Word of God to counter his attacks and his his persuasiveness because he has our flesh wanting what he's offering, but we have our spirit that is looking to God in a devotion. And that's how we overcome. I'll tell you right now, you may be in a habit, in a situation where you love your sin so much, you may not be willing to give it up. And that's why you don't want to come to the Lord. But the wonderful thing about coming to the Lord with your hang-ups, with your habits, with your unwillingness to give up a sin that seems to be temporarily and it is temporal satisfying you a friend of mine wait till you taste the power of the world to come wait till you taste the bread of life wait till you drink the living water wait till you taste God and find as the psalmist David said oh taste the Lord (laughs) and see that he is good I'm going to declare to you today that Jesus can and will satisfy the deepest longings of your soul. Oh, friend of mine, there's a song years ago that said, looking for love in all the wrong places. Oh, so many of us do that. But the true love that will satisfy our soul can only be found in the love of God expressed in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and expressed to us intimately and personally by the Holy Spirit himself. For the Bible is very clear that the love of God, that love that sent Jesus, that love that held Jesus to the cross to pay our sin debt. That love is shed abroad in our hearts. It gets close. Hallelujah. We don't have to look back 2,000 years to the cross and accept it based on that alone. The Holy Spirit will pour it into our heart. He will shed abroad. It's like one of those sprinklers that we're having to use until the rains come. Just saturating, saturating that area. And we can become saturated with God's great love and begin to love him back with a true devotion. And when we do, no matter what tactic the devil uses against us, the world, the flesh, and himself, I want you to know that we can and we will overcome. Hallelujah. And when push comes to shove, we'll choose Jesus every single time. True devotion will defeat the devil's distractions. What precisely does Paul have in mind when he speaks of a devotion to Christ as sincere and pure? At its most basic, fundamental level, he's talking about a single-minded and altogether exclusive preoccupation with the person of Christ and a life that pleases him. This must be contrasted with half-hearted, lukewarm, convenient Christianity, the sort that is happy to have Christ on Sunday or when one is in a crisis or time of need. But when the crisis passes, then we begin to give in and we begin to be distracted because we give in to the world, the flesh, or the devil. I want you to go back with me to to the book of 1 Kings, chapter 11 and verse 4. And it's about Solomon, the man who God granted wisdom like no man ever had before him. And yet with all of his wisdom and all of his knowledge, when he lost his devotion to his God, he became easily tempted and distracted and led astray and I want you to listen to what happened to this man who wrote so eloquently and so spiritually uh, uh, uh spiritually you would think he was a a giant spiritually he was granted such a gift from god and we read in the book of proverbs things that just say what wisdom is in this one verse but even this mighty wisdom and knowledge without devotion didn't keep him from giving in to temptation. Listen to it in First Kings 11 and verse 4. For it came to pass when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David His father. I like these different versions. I'm going to read it from the Amplified first. His heart was not completely devoted. And the Net Bible says his heart was not wholeheartedly devoted. And the New International said not fully devoted. And the Voice Bible said his heart was led astray and no longer completely belonging to. To God, no longer completely belonging to God. That's why the scripture said, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart. You see, where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is going to be also. And that's why Jesus said, Don't lay your treasure up upon the earth where the thief can break through and steal, and the moth and the rust can corrupt, but lay up your treasure in heaven. Because where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is going to be also. So part of keeping your heart is making sure that your heart is set upon things above and not things beneath things eternal and not things temporal, things spiritual and not things material. It doesn't mean you have to go to a mountain and live like a monk. It means that we have to live in this world with a different perspective than the people who haven't met Christ and don't know what they need to know about where the soul is going to spend eternity and how fleeting life is. Oh, friend of mine, how we need our heart completely, wholeheartedly devoted to Jesus Christ, especially to stand in the last of the last days. Let me read Matthew twenty-four, eleven and 12 uh, as we get ready to close today. You know, they asked Jesus in the 24th chapter of St. Matthew, when shall shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming? And listen to what he says about the church. He talks about things happening in the world. Uh, He talks about all kinds of different things. But here he zeroes in on things that would be occurring in the Christian community that is in the last days just prior to his coming. He said, and many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And friend, this has got to be to the Christian community that is on the earth during this time. Because when the love for God waxes cold, I'm not talking about just attending faithfully religious services and faithfully going through religious motions. I'm talking about our heart being totally committed to God. Oh, friend, today how we need the first love to be rekindled in all of our hearts as children of God. How we need to have this reciprocal love that we would love Him back, for with a wholehearted, ardent, passionate love for loving us enough to stay on the cross and pay our sin debt and die not a quick, neat, little, painless death, but to die a horrible, horrid, suffering death for your sake and for mine. Oh, the temptations of the wilderness are nothing to compare to the temptations he must have felt on the cross when he said I thirst this one that could cause a spring of water to flow up and satiate his thirst this one who could come down from the cross how every fiber of his being was crying for relief from the pain and the anguish of crucifixion and yet he stayed on the cross oh he was not a victim he was not a victim though he offered himself as a sacrifice lamb he still had the power to come down he had all power in heaven and earth he didn't cease from being god the son while he hung on that cross but he stayed on it with the power to come off it and that And he felt the desire. He didn't want to stay on it. He wasn't given some kind of, 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 of spiritual uh, uh, fortitude to stay on it. He died like a man forsaken of God in his flesh. And he felt everything cry out for relief. He cried, I thirst. He that created all things that are created, the scripture said. He that created the oceans and all the waters of the waterfalls. He cried out and said, I thirst. And he did it so that he could pay our sin debt. He stayed on the cross. Nails did not hold him there. His love for you, friend. His love for me held him fast to the cross and it took a devotion to his father's will nevertheless he said in the garden not my will but thine be done there's any other way let this cup pass from me he knew what was coming but now he was experiencing it oh friend of mine what kind of love is this that our creator and our king And our Savior would take our place, take our punishment so we could be forgiven and so we could escape the punishment of judgment to come. Oh, friend of mine, which is eternal banishment and punishment cast away from God's presence forever. Oh, friend, that's why I love him so much today. That's why every Christian who's received this unspeakable gift, of salvation. This priceless blood that is so precious was shed for us. We should begin to love him with all, not with just a little corner of our life marked for our religious practice, but with a relationship full blown in mutual love for one another. Oh, that would bring a revival. I am convinced revival in America will come When God's children begin to love him with a passionate love, reciprocating the love that he loved us with right back to him. Praise God. Oh, instead of love waxing cold, that love would become white hot. That we would love him fervently. Praise God. Amen. You know, Jesus came to a church that had fallen into this lukewarmness become totally materialistic and it was the first church he addressed in the book of revelation and it was the church of laodicea i'm sorry the last church he addressed the last of the seven and to the church of laodicea right i Right. I know thy works. He started out with, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and him with me. It's amazing to me that he's standing at the door of a church. (laughs) Hallelujah. Just like he stands at the door of our hearts, he stood at the door of a church. Oh, he should be welcome if he's welcome anywhere. He should be welcome in his church. And he should be welcome in our hearts today. And he's he's seeking that intimacy and fellowship. And he says, if you'll open the door, I'll come in and sup with you and you with me. He talked about their lukewarmness and how he was willing, if they would repent, to restore that fellowship relationship that would reignite A true love and rekindle the true love that would bring true devotion. Friend, today I want you to know wherever you are, wherever this broadcast is reaching you right now, that God is in love with you. God loves you today. And He wants to forgive you, save you, seal you for heaven. And He wants you to love Him back for loving you that much today so I pray if you don't know Jesus that you will come to Christ right where you are open your life repent of your sins and let him love you into his kingdom and if you're a Christian today go to church Sunday and worship with everything you are and everything you have and begin to show true devotion and come back next week and let's talk about Jesus